0: Another episode of Angry Girl Music and the Indie Rock Persuasion. I'm your host, Amanda Starling, here to talk to you about all things intersectional feminism, DIY, and, of course, the music. It has been a whirlwind of a month, and I am so grateful for you taking your time to listen to me on this podcast. It's been an exciting time also to see so many bands working so hard to release great music like Hopalong, Camp Cope, Long Neck, and so many more. I hope you've been pre-ordering the heck out of these records because they are all brilliant. It's also been an awesome time for the arts in general, I mean Black Panther just came out this month and wow I was floored. So many tears, everybody please go see this movie, it's amazing. And with that, there's also a lot to unpack in this episode. I want to start by talking about my incredible guest this week, Gabby Logan of the Tulips. Gabby is a brilliant musician who also has an equally brilliant mind for law and nonprofits. I spoke to Gabby on her commute in Atlanta about her work, creating a platform that elevates black women along with all the incredible opportunities that have come from playing with the Tulips. We even get to talk about their new EP Queens of the new age. And not to mention the incredible new Tulips tour with the Indigo Girls. It's so exciting. Let's go ahead and actually dig into this interview now with Without Gabby.
1: Choose, gotta make it work this time. The closer to the fire, outcome words of hate lush, and desire. Instead of standing here, I'd rather just stand slowly in the rain. Got something new Let me have a way away from you
2: Welcome, Gabriella Logan, also known as Guitar Gabby of the Tulips. How are you doing this evening? I'm good. How are you? I'm really good. I'm so excited to be able to talk to you. Um, I've heard so many good things. My friends, the Nervous Girls, actually were the ones that told me to check you out. And Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, Lauren was so excited about y'all, and I made sure that I found you as soon as she told me, and I've been obsessed with your music ever since. Oh,
3: thank you. I love Lauren. She's so awesome. They're all three of them are really amazing. We actually just saw them a couple of, I would say about a month ago, actually, when we went to, um, we went to Tampa and did a show
2: out there. So they're, they're really, really cool people. They are, and I'm so excited to have cool people interacting with cool people in music. That just always makes me so happy. So this, yeah. it, it's just always a pleasure to be able to interact with these kind of just positive energy people and who all are working toward really mm-hmm. great things in music. Yeah, absolutely. So to kind of dig into things, um, I want to ask you about, you know, how you started getting into playing music. Um, I've heard yourself taught.
3: Yeah, I am. I um My mom, um, growing up, actually, let me back up. Growing up, I started playing the clarinet and the oboe when I was in, like, elementary school. Um, I played piano for a little bit. But what I noticed is that every instrument that I tried to play, it didn't really feel fulfilling to me. Because um, I've always written music um, and composed things, so I wanted to be able to play what I was hearing in my head. And finally, my mom said, "Let's try a guitar." So my mom bought me my first guitar, and that was stuck with me. And so I've been playing ever since. then. I used to sit for hours and hours, sometimes just like the entire day, uh, in the garage or in my room, just teaching myself how to play guitar, listening to like some punk bands and like, different rock and roll songs and groups, and just teaching myself how to play. And that's how that's how
2: it came to me that's so cool it's kind of funny how you had to find like the perfect batch as far as instruments go and the guitar was it yeah
3: yeah absolutely
2: that's so cool um so you have this really cool background in music with the classical music theory and music and theory um what made you decide to pursue that i mean you clearly had this love of music as you were playing as a kid
3: yeah um I guess, like, so when I first started learning how to play guitar, you know, I learned by listening to a lot of rock music and just kind of trying to imitate what I was hearing. Um, and because I had played piano for a little bit prior to that, and also um, I I kind of understand music um, a little bit differently than other people might in the sense of like when I hear music, I break it down in my head. And I've always loved listening to classical music, but um, the thing I love about classical music, like Bach is one of my favorite composers, is the idea that someone, like one person, can create an entire body of work for multiple instruments, sometimes an entire like violin section, on a piece of paper and when you give it to someone and they're able to play that or replicate it you know with their instruments it's like hearing different voices and it's just it's always been fascinating to me so i studied classical guitar for about two or two and a half years because one i wanted to understand the theory behind um music and behind playing an instrument because i believe that when you understand something you can fully apply yourself in it um instead of memorizing how to play an instrument or memorizing how to do Whatever it is that you're doing, I feel like you can fully apply yourself consciously and subconsciously when you understand how it, you know, how that thing is. Um, so that's why I took classical guitar for a while, and then it, it helps a lot, um, even in rock. Like people think, you know, that has nothing to do with it, but I firmly believe that classical music is one of those genres, if not one of the only genres, that is like the foundation for all music. It teaches you how to compose something from top to bottom. And, every piece of the music has to be composed or for it to be a, you know, full body of work.
2: Yeah. That makes complete sense. Especially when you're thinking about when you're writing music, sometimes you're writing multiple parts. So you're thinking about the guitars, the bass, right, the right. drums, everything. So, and if you want it to sound right. great, you want it to flow together. So that makes complete sense to right. me. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, So kind of to backtrack a little bit, you kind of mentioned that you were listening to different like punk and rock and roll artists and stuff as you were teaching yourself Mm -hmm. to play music. Um, Who were you listening to and who were you trying to replicate a little?
3: Um, Well, obviously some of the greats like Jimi Hendrix. I love Rolling Stones. Um, Nirvana is forever and always will be one of my favorite, favorite bands. I loved how Kurt Cobain created music um, in his head and how it was, there was so much feeling in his music and his lyrics which is one of the reasons why he's like one of my like musical idols. I just absolutely love how he created music and kind of allows you to get into his head through his lyrics. Um, Steve Vai is probably my first favorite guitarist. Um, um, I love Steve Vai, Jimi Hendrix and Orianti. Those are my three top favorites. Um, So I listened to a lot of Steve Vai and tried to listen to what it was that he's doing because I feel like he's one of those guitarists where he's kind of crazy, like weird uh, in terms of, being able to create all these crazy sounds with just a guitar, it's like, it's so fascinating to me. Um, and then the first band that I ever listened to that I tried to, um, that I taught um, myself was into um, like power chords and stuff like that, was a band called TAT, um, T-A-T, and I love them a lot because it was a three-piece band, but the front person was um, a woman, her name was Tatiana De Maria. And I absolutely love their music. So that was um, one of my favorite bands outside of Nirvana um, as I was teaching myself how to play. So those are some of the the groups that I used to listen to a lot and um, try to replicate some of their talents as I was finding my own voice.
2: Yeah, that's amazing. I love so many of the artists that you mentioned too. And it's amazing how how motivating it can be once you hear artists that you connect with musically and in some ways personally Mm -hmm. too because like I know for me just becoming involved in music when you see like women in music or people of color in music you're immediately attracted to that and you know it's kind of almost that little bit of motivation as well
3: yeah yeah absolutely
2: that's so cool to me um so um, I want to hear from you too, a little bit about how everybody in the Tulips, how they met, um, and where did the band name come from?
3: Um, so, so uh, I think it was January of 2016. There was a um, a rapper by the name of Diamond um, from the group called Crime Mob, um, uh, and so her management um, reached out to me, said, "Hey, we need to hire us for a video that Diamond's doing. Would mm-hmm. you be interested?" So. yes of course i had been watching her she was on a show called on sisterhood of hip-hop and i had been watching her um on that show and i knew that she had a band at least for tv i'm sure if it was real or not but she had a band in la that she had been working with so i saw it as an opportunity to try to you know say hey you know i have an all-girl band maybe we can
2: you know somehow
3: work with you et cetera et cetera so she said yeah of course so mo and i um, my drummer Mo, we met maybe I think it's been eight or nine years, if not more, um, ago. We were in another group, and um, we kind of fell apart uh, after that group. We kind of lost touch with each other. But um, she used to always, uh, if I needed someone, she would always come through. So for this particular music video, said, hey Mo, we're really looking cool for opportunity. We're going to do a video of Diamond. Let's see, you know, what happens after that. And so that's kind of how the band formed. Um, and I just pulled other people um, throughout the years. Um, you know people come and people go you know and they realize that maybe this isn't the best fit for them or whatever the case may be so um, I just kept the you know kept the shit moving and just pulled people from um, mutual friends and people that I might have um, seen at gigs and stuff like that um, just to keep the keep the vision alive and keep it going so
2: um, that's how we met
3: That's that's how that happened <laughs>
2: That's so awesome. And I love your motivation to keep going and keep creating music and stuff. Cause I mean, it yeah. sounds like you were able to reconnect with a friend who is very, very talented and able to create this yeah. new project. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. So I kind of want to talk to you a little bit about um, your sound. I love that it's kind of all over the place. I hear kind of like melodic mm. energy and like the lost one and then like almost like power ballad vibes in died yeah. today um it's kind of all over the place but it went in the best way possible um yeah how, how would you describe the tulip sound to somebody who maybe hasn't heard you before um
3: i would say diverse um definitely diverse um i listen to a lot of different types of music from r&b to hip-hop rap um, some pop you know etc cetera, etc cetera. so i try to um Take whatever um, influences me and put that in the music, not just lyrically, but um, also with the actual music itself. So I would say we're we're grunge, we're rock, we're you know whatever you're feeling, that's what we are. Because it's more important to me um, that the feeling of the music is something that someone can identify with more so than you know. Hey, I like rock music because there are some songs that. know I like rock music generally there are some songs that I just I don't identify with it may sound like a traditional rock song quotation marks um but you know being able to identify with the music and realize you know hey that's something that I'm going through too you know the tools were able to put it in in words that I wasn't able to figure out but um you know they they took the words right out of my mouth so I would say we're diverse and we are we're edgy I guess you could say
2: I love that and I do feel like a lot of your music is very relatable and connective in that sense. The lyrics, everything from that to the sound itself, you can feel the emotions that you're pouring into like some very deep songs. Um, like, I mean, in particular with kind of the processing of like the relationships and stuff that I hear in the mm-hmm. lost ones, that's really yeah. just beautifully done. Um, Thank you. Yeah. I, I just love the way that you describe that. And even with "Die today too. I mean, I'm just curious, and you don't have to answer this if this isn't comfortable for you, but Die Today, was that referring to the band that you were in with Mo previously, or a different band? No,
3: so that actually was about, that was, you said, what was the song about? Yeah. Um, No, I actually wrote that about a guy I was dating in college. Oh, okay, okay. It was, yeah, it was a really bad relationship, and I just kind of sunk into, um like, a year or so of just being depressed, not really understanding, like, where i was in life and who i was and so that song and Lost one actually i wrote both of those at the same time um and both came out of out of that experience in life
2: well it's so amazing whenever artists are able to kind of take these experiences and just turn it into something that's beautiful and connective in that sense
3: yeah yeah absolutely
2: that's awesome and well i'm excited about the new music that you're working on too you have that new pe queen's Queens of the New Age coming out February 23rd. What was it like writing and recording that?
3: Um, It was a really cool process. Um, A fun fact, a lot of people, like I just mentioned, Lost One was written about eight or nine years ago. Um, The rest of the music on the EP, I wrote around the same time. So all of these songs have actually been written some years ago, but being able to um, have the different um, feelings of like my bass is having her uh, play her, her bass line on those songs it was important to me because it was able to give someone you know their own voice and, and add their own color to the recording so it was fun being in the studio and just you know hearing how you know one person may be more funky on um, the bassist that played on one of our songs another tier she is very very much into funk um but um my key player, for example she's more into classical um that kind of stuff and she you know she's not in the same in the same genre so it was just fun to kind of see all of our different backgrounds of music and our instruments kind of fuse together to, um, to kind of produce the sound for
2: people to hear. That's awesome, and you're right. I feel like it adds different voices to the music because um, yeah. most people who are listening to music initially, I feel like they consume it with the vocalist in mind, but the instruments themselves are so much their own voices too, especially in identifying kind of like the people who are putting into it. So I can feel a lot right, of really right. great voices from everybody in the band so that's really exciting um yeah but, uh what are you most excited about with this release is there like a song or something in particular that you're just really excited about um
3: i would say my favorite song on there is another tier just because um halfway so i wrote a song a long time ago and then we have been performing it as as i had written it um, but then one day we were in rehearsal and I said, hey, let's try some harmonies, like some vocal harmonies and harmonies and see what happens with that. We tried that in rehearsal and, you know, I said, you know what, I really like this. let's try it live. We tried it live and I noticed that the crowd, it, it kind of gave a different, um, experience to our shows instead of, you know, verse, chord, verse, chorus, solo, verse, chorus, that whole thing. Being able to have those vocal harmonies, um, between three different voices, um, uh, I guess you could say added to how the how the music was being presented to people. It kind of gave a different feeling and a different um, type of color you people in our setting. And so I was able, um, I was interested in bringing that to the evening. So actually, we recorded that song about four or five times because I said, it's not right, it's not right, it's not missing. And finally, when I said, well, hey, let's just put the vocal harmony over there and see what that
2: I love that. And I, I love that you tried it out live to see the reaction too. Um, have you played yeah. a lot of the new songs live? <laughs> Well, that's exciting. It's good to know that you're putting so much, like, effort into trying out music with your crowd, and then from there, being able to determine where it should be placed as far as your music release goes. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. What's the, what What would a typical Tulip show be like? Can you kind of describe that? Um, I
3: would say, hmm, definitely Hype. Um, music venues or, you know, get to a stage, a lot of times we're faced with, and I'm sure many different women in the industry can probably attest to this, but, you know, we're, we're faced with a lot of misogyny and a lot of um, doubt and people that are like, oh, you know, I don't know what they're doing, but they, you know, they must be working.
2: I love that and it's it I watched one of the videos I believe it might have been from Afropunk um, Atlanta and I loved the energy that you were projecting into the crowd and a lot of the positivity that you were putting out there for both women and just in general you're putting in so much out there Um, what's like you, you kind of say a lot of things on stage that are important too What's kind of one of the overarching messages that you want maybe the crowd to walk away with? I know you mentioned like, you know, women, for example, being behind the scenes, doing everything.
3: Yeah, um, that's honestly, that's probably one of the one of the main things um, that I want people to walk away with. And even myself walking off stage just kind of having that affirmation that, you know, the world around us, especially the music industry, um, being a woman of color, we're told that, you know, we're not really capable of doing anything and it may not be verbally but a lot of times it's through action and so that that's something that i, I try to um represent as as a guitarist and as a, as a leader and all that kind of stuff but i also want to make sure that no matter who's watching no matter
2: You know, I feel that a lot in just the videos that I saw. I can't wait till I can experience your band live, of course, because I just I, I feel like in that sense represented and important just watching you play. And I like that you walk away with that feeling as well. And you're trying to make this feeling universal to all non men. It sounds like that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so you've got a really cool stage presence, uh, from what I've seen too. How have you kind of developed that? I know a lot of confidence goes into being able to climb around stage and project so much of your belief out there, as well as your music. Um,
3: honestly, I, for a very long time, I was like timid. Uh, mean, I guess you could say on stage because I had.
2: That's awesome. Well, I love that you're able to take so many aspects of it sounds like yourself and your belief structure and apply it not only on stage, but to your day to day life. That's so cool to me. Um, That's awesome. So I kind of wanted to ask you a little bit about playing in Atlanta. Do you have any favorite venues or people you like to play shows with?
3: Yeah, there are two bands that first come to mind. One of them, um, they're called Hero the Band. And we call them our brother band. Um, they are so, so dope. I met them two years ago. Their based in Jeremy. i been our really good friends. But my first time seeing them live was that they played Afro-punk, I think, two years ago? Afro-punk Atlanta. Two, yeah, I think it was two years ago, because I've only done it for two years. But um, yeah, so just seeing them on stage and, and seeing how much energy they had. Um, and their music is like phenomenal. They're one of those groups that, um, one of those local artists you that, um, that I will buy every piece of their music, every t-shirt, you know, no matter what. Um, so being able to play with them, we actually did a show with them and um, the second artist I was gonna mention, his name is Robbie, um, and he is phenomenal. Um, it's like watching Madonna, Winnie Houston, and Michael Jackson all in one. He's like absolutely phenomenal, puts on a phenomenal show, it's breathtaking. Um, and just being able to watch both of those artists kind of, exude their their um, excellence if you will uh, through their music on stage it's it's breathtaking um and they're definitely two artists in atlanta that i can say you know if you came to see
2: That's so awesome. Well, damn, I really want to come back to Atlanta just to experience these artists. (laughs) It sounds awesome to me. Um, So one of the things I wanted to bring up too is that I really love your presence in music. And um, part of that is like your strong voice for like Black women and overall diversity. Um, Can you talk a little bit about your messaging? Because I know that you projected a lot into social media with like the the um the Black Girl Magic and things along those lines. Um, can you talk a little bit about that?
3: Yeah. Um, so it's I feel like it's really uh, important not just to represent in terms
4: of. So
3: okay, so I feel like it's important not just to to put up a photo and say you know hey we're a band you know check us out you know we're representing some Black women women of color whatever the case may be I feel like it's also important to um the overall message being diversity and i feel like diversity diversity can be so many different things um, so in my job we um, we represent um, diversity and, and lower uh, income underrepresented people of color but it's not even just that it's also about representing women of
2: Absolutely. That's so important to me. And, you know, the messaging that I do see that the Tulips puts out there, it is all about empowerment and feeling represented. And I love it so much. So thank you for all that you're doing, because I I can tell you as somebody who is a person of color that I feel very strongly about seeing people out there who, you know, are similar to me and think like me. So thank you for that. (laughs) <laughs> uh, what advice would you give like a young person who is trying to involve themselves in music
3: um I would say learn the industry um a uh, good friend of mine um he was kind of like a big word to me he said that um, a lot of people in the industry you know uh, it's like 20 percent fun in, you know uh, in terms of the artistic part of it and then it's 80 percent business so, I, to me, it's very important to not only, you know, learn how to play an instrument or write music, but but it's also twice as important, if not more important, to understand the business. Because if you don't understand the business, you know, you might have all the talent in the world, but if, if you're going into an industry that's been established for, you know, years and decades um, before you. So, to me, it's very, very, very important to learn the business of what it is that you're going into so that you can, um, you know, dodge the shady deals and the shady people that are just take advantage of you. So, I grew up um, with my dad telling me and, and um, pushing, learning about law and copyright and trademark. And, you know, as a teenager, I was like, this isn't really that much fun. But, you know, when I became an adult and was in law school, I was like, okay, this makes a lot more sense. And that, that is what was able to propel us forward because I understand the, the business and not just the music. So, I would say I understand the, the business, like, learn it, learn from other people's mistakes as well so that you don't have
2: Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's one of the most important things that you could possibly learn as far as being involved in music too. And you have a very hands-on approach too. You do it all for the tulips. I mean, booking, yeah. managing, creating the music itself too. So, I mean, yeah. that sounds like the most like hands-on experience that you can have too. Yeah.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Um, so, you have a lot of really exciting things coming up, too. I mean, you're touring with the Indigo Girls. Are you excited about that?
3: I am so excited. Like, it still is still not real to me. Because um, when, when we first opened, the week, they first asked us to open up for them in January. And when I got that phone call, I was like, okay, stop playing. Whoever this is, stop playing. Because I know <laughs> who the Indigos are. They're huge. This is a big deal. They're legends. This is yeah. not to be a prank phone call. So when that actually, um, let me like got to the venue and they were like, Oh my God, the um, Phillips are here. We were like, you know who we are? Oh my God. So it was just such an honor to like being able to be on the same stage as them and to, you know, fast forward to a month later.
2: I'm excited for you. You're going to be all over Florida doing those stops too. So that's going to be a fun trip, I'm sure.
3: Yeah. Yes,
2: yes. And you're with music legends on top of that. That's perfect.
3: Right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so um, with that, I always like to ask, um, this is a fun question for me to sometimes throw at bands, but uh, so it's kind of a game. If you could pick any three bands, you can bring them back from the dead or they can be existing right now. Um, who would they be?
3: Hmm. Does it have to be a band, or can it just be like a, an
2: artist? It can be an artist, too.
3: Okay. Um, Nirvana first. Um, Jimi Hendrix. And I'm formed saying Michael Jackson and Prince. I wish I could like, No, never mind. I was going say, I wish I could mesh them together be cool. But uh, I would say Prince. I really admire Prince.
2: Yeah. I would think that great. Be- well, damn, that would be one hell of a lineup. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, my gosh, if only. Well, who knows? Maybe in the afterlife we'll be able to experience all that because that would be amazing. That would be great. Uh, so what are some goals that you might have for the tulips? What kind of things do you want to maybe do over the next year or so? Um. I definitely
3: want to get to. South Africa has been um, on my radar for the past two years. I really, really, really want to get us out there. Um, We have some friends um, through social media um, that are out there, and there's a festival called the Kazali Up Festival. So that's something that I'm hopefully, that's one of my goals, to get us to the Kazali Up Festival in South Africa, or even Afropunk Joburg within the next year or two. So that's one of my big goals, um, outside of our album being completed, which we've already started recording.
2: Wow, that's all exciting stuff. I I can't wait for all of it, honestly. I'm going to be keeping an eye out on um, every social that you have for these kind of announcements, because especially with, like, the album and the EP, that's going to be so exciting. Um, where can everybody keep up with you on social media and find your music?
3: Um, the best way to keep up with us is on our Instagram, which is at the Tulips Band, um, but it's T-X-L-I-P-S we threw an X in there just to be fancy and because of trademarking, but the Tulips (laughs) fan on all social media um, is the best way to follow us and on our website, um, which is tulips.com. So that's
2: the best way
3: to keep up with everything that we're doing.
2: Excellent. Well, everybody's going to have to make sure that they check you out and keep an eye out for the new Tulips EP Queens of the new age out February 23rd. Yep. Awesome. Well, thanks so much.
0: You just heard Gabby Logan of The Tulips. I'm so amazed that I was able to talk to Gabby about all the awesome upcoming things happening for The Tulips. If you happen to be living in any of the cities on their upcoming tour, please make sure you find a way to make it out. You don't want to miss this incredible band. That's it for this week, but you can keep up with me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter by searching at Angry Girl Music. Leave me a review or rating to let me know how I'm doing or who I should have on the podcast next. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and on Shot Engine. I'm working to get the podcast on more streaming platforms, so please stay tuned. Until next time, stay angry and listen to the tulips.